Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this football season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Welcome to the fifth season of the Meet the Mancunian podcast, Social Impact Stories from Manchester. I'm Deepa Thomas Sutcliffe, your friendly host. It's a privilege and a pleasure for me to interview some of the most inspiring people working in Manchester social impact sector and feature them on this podcast. My guests are leaders and worker bees associated as employees, trustees and volunteers with social enterprises, non-profits and community groups. They share their life stories and passions with you, dear listener. My aim through this podcast is to inspire you and share a bit of good news. My guests tackle serious concerns in Manchester but many of these are also universal themes resonating in many parts of the globe. All my guests talk about the power of collaboration and how together we are stronger. They, of course, expand on their pride in Manchester and Mancunians as well. I hope you enjoy listening to the podcast on Apple, Spotify or Google or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also listen to the podcast episodes and read the transcripts on my website www.meetthemancunian.co.uk If you are a new listener, you can log on to www.meetthemancunian.co.uk to listen to the first four seasons of the podcast and read more about my podcasting story. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Meet the Mancunian podcast season 5. Passionate about supporting veterans, we hear from Claire Squires, founder Trafford Veterans in this episode. This episode is dedicated to my father, Commander Mani Thomas, retired, who served in the Indian Navy for many years. I'm delighted to introduce my guest, Claire Squires, founder Trafford Veterans. Claire, thanks so much for taking the time on us weekend. Thank you. Thanks for allowing us to come on. So tell us first about your finding your passion to support veterans. I know you have your own experience there and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I joined the Royal Navy Reserves at the age of 17 and then in my early 20s I joined up full time and went to the Royal Navy. And how did that bring about that passion for supporting veterans? Well, I became a veteran once I left, so lived experience. I moved into an area where there was very little in the way of support, especially for the Navy. You know, a lot tend to settle around Portsmouth and Plymouth, and I live in Manchester. So there's not many Navy bases up and around there. So there's not many of us. Interestingly, my father was in the Indian Navy. Was he? So we've been, and my grandfather was in the Army. So we've been defense children. We call it defense in India. 
How did you get involved with Stratford Veterans? You talked about not having a support base for, uh, you know, the Royal Navy here because it's not near a port. Is that what started your passion? Well, it wasn't okay. You've got the big military charities, but they didn't really deliver anything locally. And the British legions used to have like the clubs, but they've slowly but surely closed down. So what do you do? Where do you go? Where were all the veterans? You know, you miss that peer support of being with like-minded people. So we decided to set up a group ourselves to provide that support. And tell us more about Trafford Veterans. Yeah, we've got a team of people from the community, people who served in the emergency services and the armed forces. And we put on a number of peer support activities. So we've got a monthly breakfast event, a weekly model making and craft group, an allotment project. We've got a hub over at Sale. We do a warm room. We've got a 17-seater minibus for trips. And basically, it started off very small, but it's grown over the years. We're almost eight years old. We've basically encouraged people to share their hobbies and skills and come together and help run the groups. And it's worked really, really well. And that warm room, what is it? Because it sounded very intriguing. The warm room is just with the price of the utilities going up. We've been encouraged to you know, open a warm room so people can come along to us on a Friday, provide a hot meal hot drinks they can charge up the phones watch telly be with us you know for a couple of hours put the heating on that's really nice and that's just out of this cost of living crisis was it a recent introduction yeah very thoughtful and tell us about some challenges you may have faced and had to overcome you've been around for eight years and i'm sure there have been some difficult times during this time i mean it's we've got a saying in our organization that we're very good at pulling rabbits out of hats you know funding is a challenge fundraising just keeping things going. You know, you have to juggle constantly. We're not actually seen as a community. There's a large veteran community within the borough where I live, but we're not actually recognised as a community, if that makes sense. So Mm. that's been a challenge. And how do you overcome these challenges? Because you talked about funding and also being recognised as a group or as a group with an identity. Well, we just go out and do it. We find a way. You know, we've got determination. We've got a great bunch of volunteers that help with things. We've been very creative and very different. A lot of groups are all kind of fighting over the same pots of funding. We've managed to do things differently through business sponsors and, you know, being really careful with our money that we do. What impact would you say you've made through Trafford Veterans? Huge impacts. I've actually been told that the take-up on people in Trafford accessing mental health services is lower. So we're obviously doing something, you know, social prescribing. We're actually meeting targets, uh, making a difference to people. We're tackling social isolation. A lot of elderly, especially during the lockdowns, who went out to support these people who were in their own homes. Some didn't have any family nearby. We were providing outreach to them, which was a lifeline to some. Of course. What's the age group of these veterans? Well, we varied. People say veteran and you always think of the old boys from World War Two. You're actually a veteran if you've served. The government definition is you're a veteran if you've served and drawn one day's pay. So I think our youngest is about 25 and our eldest is 102. Wow, quite the range. So at the breakfast event, all different age ranges mixing, all different services, sharing the stories, just that friendship and the camaraderie and the banter that you miss. Been in the that's forces, right. that's what it gives. We have clubs back home, again, service clubs, which are really nice. And it's just nice to see parents kind of 
interacting with their colleagues and remembering yeah. the days. Yeah. It's always nice. How can interested people reach out to you and learn more? Where can they find your website? Where can they find you on social media? We're all over social media, to be honest. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Each of our activities has its own Facebook page because there's different people that access the different groups. So it's very important that people see what we're doing. So you can see what they've made at the craft group. You can see updates at the allotment when we've been on a trip. Or you can see some updates from that. The breakfast, you can see what we've done that day. We've also got a website. So if you Google traffordveterans.org, it, you know, it should come up. We are registered on Google as well. So it should be easily found. Thank you. And I always link the website to the episode notes so people can find out more. What advice would you have for people looking to start a similar movement in another part of the world, maybe to support veterans or in another part of the UK? How could they get started? Well, the first thing is just look at what you want to do and not to get disheartened because there are a lot of groups throughout the UK. There are a lot of military charities. So, you know, competition is great for the funding. So have a look at what you want to do. But the main thing is, you know, keep focused and don't give up. There's always a way to do something. That's how we've got by. We've been creative. We've worked with community groups. You know, you can't do everything on your own. It's important that you network and you link in with other people within the area where you are. So we're really lucky. We've got some great links within Trafford. So we've linked up with the local hubs. So there was a series of emergency hubs that were born out of COVID and they were places in the borough that people could go to for support. So we're linking with them. I think so. And I think this thing about, you know, doing things together and kind of cooperating and collaborating and partnering so that you can serve more people together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if we don't know something, they might, you know, so it's good to share your expertise and your skills. More often than not, they refer into us. And we've got an idea who to refer into for specialist support, you know, for like employment or mental health or how to get a veteran's badge or how to get your service records. We also do a lot of funerals as well, which give a little bit of a military touch. You know, we buy regimental flags and provide a guard of honour and sometimes oh. have standard bearers and buglers and things. So we can do that as well. Thank you for sharing that. So do you also support employment opportunities for veterans going back to work? We can do, but it's not our job. There are certain organisations that are set up for that already, you know, like the Forces Employment Charity. So we'd know how to refer into them. They've got the funding and the links and the expertise. We also work closely with the DWP. Um, so they just really link into us for that peer support, the wraparound support that a person needs to keep them on a level. Sure. An opportunity, Claire, for you to talk about anything. I haven't asked you about maybe something coming up over the next few months, but if you want to give a shout out to anything you're looking forward to, or if you want yeah. support from volunteers on anything, you could talk about that as well. Um, well, our, our breakfast club in April is a nod to the police and because Greater Manchester Police was formed. Obviously, there was Manchester and Salford Police way before that, but on the 1st of April, GMP was formed. So with our breakfast being the 15th, we thought we'd just do a, a little police event. So we've got some historic police vehicles come in and we've invited the police themselves. We've got the police museum bringing a display down as well. So it just makes it different. Sounds very interesting. Anything else you want to call out? We do a monthly newsletter, which goes out at the end of each month. You can find those on the website. 
if people would like to get in touch with us, you know, our email address is info at traffordveterans.org. And are there any particular kind of volunteers you're looking for or did they tend to come from within the service community? Yeah, we, we get members of the local community coming in as well and that works really well because people have to integrate, you know, so it's not just for the veterans. We invite the families in and members of the community come in because they like the atmosphere and they like the event and that's very, very good for the veterans to yes. kind of settle back into the community. There's no point just putting on a breakfast event and saying, if you haven't served, you're not coming in because that then creates a silo and isolates people. So we tend not to do that. And and I think that's why our activities work really well because we have a, a different range of people at each activity. That does sound really interesting. And I like the fact that you're integrating the local community and thank you for sharing that. I'll now ask you my signature questions that I ask all oh. my guests. <laughs> so the first one is to describe the Mancunian spirit in a word or a phrase. Obviously proud of my roots, being born in Greater Manchester, well, born in Bolton, actually. There's something about Manchester that just makes you proud of your city. There's a lot to offer here. It's very diverse. There's basically something for everybody. I think that's nice. Proud of the roots, proud of the city. That's nice. It's just a very, very busy city, isn't it? Really, like I said, there's something for everybody, something to suit all. It's very diverse. There's always something to learn. There's lots of different communities that you can learn from. So Thank proud to sharing. be a Mancunian. <laughs> As a new Mancunian, I echo what you're saying and absolutely I'm experiencing some of that myself. Welcome. We're very <laughs> nice up north. <laughs> very, very friendly. <laughs> can you share a Mancunian who inspires you and why? And this could be somebody from the past or somebody from the present. It'd have to be a family member of mine, actually. But he was Lancashire back in the day when the borders were different. So my great-grandfather served in World War One. In between the wars, he founded what was called the DCM League. So the Distinguished Conduct Medal, which he was awarded, and he was also awarded the Military Cross. And what he did was he helped soldiers in between the wars get jobs, find houses, provided food if need be. And he set up the what's called the DCM League, which today is called the Gallantry Medal League. I was... I think I was three and I did meet him. I do remember him and he was 86 when he passed away, but I got to meet him and he inspires me because I think we've carried on with the work that he did back then. That is an amazing tribute to your grandfather because you are doing in a very similar line, maybe not on the employment front, but on support yeah. front, you know, doing exactly what your grand was doing so many years ago. That's amazing. Well, his name was Robert Moyes and he served in the Lancashire Fusil and then he was seconded to the Essex Regiment. But his history is online and, and if you look at the Gallantry Medal League website, he was the founder. Yeah, so, I'll definitely look it yeah. up. Interesting man. <laughs> of course, and someone to be very proud of. <laughs> What's the most important life lesson you've learned so far? Children. <laughs> Becoming a mum, you know, one minute I was in the Gulf on an aircraft carrier with a career. And then I got married and then my daughter was on her way and your life changes very, very quickly. But just, you know, that feeling of love when you hold your little person. Yeah, just life's very precious. That's true. I mean, one of my guests recently, they work with terminally ill adults granting wishes yeah. and she talked about life being so short 
that you shouldn't be holding grudges. Well, it just you know, live your life, enjoy it. I mean, recently we've lost a few of our World War II veterans who one was 101 and one was 100. And we got to know them and we loved them, but it was, it's inevitable that we lose them. But when we do, it was just such a shock and quite sad. But it was a pleasure to actually meet them and share stories with them and be in the company. So just take care of the people around you, talk to people, because you never know when it's going to be your last time to speak to them. Yeah, and I think the pandemic caused that to come to the front and center for many of us, right? It did. I tell you what, the pandemic basically highlighted who was quite selfish and who were the ones that were willing to give the right arm to help people. We saw a lot of jostling. and We had a phone call from one of our 90-year-old veterans who'd been to Sainsbury's to get some milk and bread. And she was so upset because she'd been pushed about a little bit because everyone was panic buying. You could see it. There was a video online that somebody posted about a, a lady in a shop and she was there was nothing on the shelves and she was just stood there and people were like pushing past her. You know, it, this, there was an element of everyone out for themselves that we saw yeah. and we didn't like that. No, yeah. you're right. We brought some really good things to the fore because you knew then who's the good people and even lots of good. No, I can understand that. And that me first culture is never helpful, is it? No, no. no. Who's going to be there for you if you're not standing up for anyone? Yeah. Okay. On that note, if if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, superpower. I'd love to be able to fly. (laughs) Because you can swim, can't you? You can swim, but you can't fly. That would be great. Obviously, save on fuel costs. (laughs) It's a very popular one with many of my guests. I think it's one of those secret things that all of us wish at some point of time. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I think mine would be to talk to dogs or to talk oh, to an- all animals. Oh. Yeah, I'd love to be able to talk and understand what they have to say because I'm sure they have very interesting perspectives. Yeah. Have you seen the film Dr. Doolittle? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> be like that. That'd be... <laughs> that would be quite a fun one. Is there a funny story you'd like to share with listeners today? Something at work, something at Manchester. Obviously, I've got stories from the Navy, but I can't always say. <laughs> I need to think about that. Maybe something about one of your veterans who are in their 90s and 100s. It can be a nice story. It doesn't have to be funny, funny. We've got lots of nice. I mean, we, we give them birthday cakes at the breakfast events. And they just don't expect it at all. And it's lovely to just sing to them because they're like kids. <laughs> so please, like, oh, it's a birthday. Yeah, I went for my 99-year-old neighbor's birthday last year and... You know, besides the little party in the garden, which his son had thrown for him, he also got him an ice cream van. <laughs> so <laughs> you could go and get ice cream from the ice cream van. Yeah. Like you said, it's a childlike, those beautiful memories that you can create. Well, during the lockdown, we had one of our veterans turn 100 and 101, but obviously he couldn't really celebrate it. But when he was 100, we had a local DJ set up in the street and we got Pete to make this amazing cake for him. And we went and delivered it. And it, we left the cake on the gatepost for him. And the DJ was in the street and he was singing. And we sung Happy Birthday and all the neighbours came out. So we had a little party, but everyone was in the gardens. Yeah, yeah. Waving to each other, you know, that was really nice. That. that does sound like a very nice community feel. What a lovely way to celebrate in a lockdown. Yeah, and it was done safely, which, you know. We, we Social distancing, like we learned. Rules there. <laughs> and those rules were required at the time. So absolutely. 
Claire. It was really lovely to talk to you. Well, thank you very much for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Claire, I really enjoyed learning about supporting veterans today. Dear listener, thank you for listening to the ninth episode of Season 5 of the Meet the Mancunian podcast, Social Impact Stories from Manchester. I hope you enjoyed it and it motivates you to follow your own dreams and passions. Please do consider visiting the website www.meetthemancunian.co.uk to leave me some feedback or suggestions on what causes resonated with you or ones that you would like to see featured here. I really welcome listener feedback and will do my best to incorporate your suggestions in future episodes. Next week, the Meet the Mancunian podcast talks to Liz Hebbard about supporting refugees. Tune in on Tuesday, 20th June 2023 to hear the next episode. You can follow the podcast on social media as at the rate Meet the Mancunian on Instagram or Facebook or as at the rate Mancunian pod on Twitter. It would be lovely if you can share or leave a comment. Please do also consider introducing this podcast to a friend or a family member. You can also sign up for my new newsletter on www.meetthemancunian.co.uk. No spam, episode roundups, bonus content and a preview of what's coming up next on the podcast. Thank you so much.